Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, he's off the deep end. Watch as he dives in. It's Arturo Zarita. I feel like we're late on that one. I'm telling you, I feel like we're... You should have done the other one. Or am I spoiling the outro? You, I'm spoiling know. the outro. You Probably. might be spoiling the outro. Maybe. Uh, yeah, no. I just uh, had to get it. I had to not not use that at some point. So it was funny yeah. because when you were watching the movie, right? Yeah. Like, you were like messaging me and I'm like, oh, bro, go watch the movie. And he's like, you don't understand. There's nobody here. <laughs> There's like absolutely nobody watching it, which is funny because I was watching First Man. Also texting you. There was nobody in First Man. There's just yeah. like nobody watching these big Oscar contenders. Yeah, I'm not big on uh, texting during movies, but if I got a whole movie theater... You were Skyping me, bro. Like, you had me on... (laughs) Nah, I'm just kidding. No, it's uh, exciting to be back. Eventually, we're going to be face-to-face because I'm going to be in New York very soon. Maybe, perhaps. I don't know. We'll see. But in the meantime, even when we do, even when we are going to be face-to-face, we like bringing in guests. Yes, yes. uh, We are bringing in an old friend of mine uh, back from the Way Too Hindi days. He's a member of the San Francisco Critics Circle who does writing for uh, Pop Matters and Den of Geek. Say hello, Bernard Boo. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Good to see you, Zach. Yeah, man, great to see you. Uh, it's always exciting to do these conversations. Bernard and I used to podcast quite a bit back in the day on the IndieCast. Yeah, it's so. nice to not be in the driver's seat. This is like, <laughs> I'm relaxing. This is going to be great. Definitely get, get, get the legs easier, up a bit. Yeah, definitely an easier job from your position than mine. <laughs> um, in a little bit, we're going to talk about Netflix's marvelous future, Black mm. Panther's Oscar hopes, and James Gunn switching teams. But first, we're going to start the show the way we start every week here on the Intercut Podcast with what we are watching. Art, what have you been watching? Uh, Well, I got the good one. I'd say most of what I've been watching has been at home, and I saw The Haunting of Hill House. I don't know if you guys have checked it out. Yeah. That's been, uh, it's like the big Netflix one everyone's talking about. He's going to do Doctor Sleep next, so everyone's like super hyped because it's the sequel to The Shining, and this is like, it's a 10-episode series on Netflix that's like a remake of the book. Stephen King came out and said it's dope. Like a bunch of people have come out and said it's dope. That was pretty dope. I liked it. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. Uh, it's director Mike Flanagan, the yeah. guy who did uh, Hush and Gerald's Game, a couple of He brought all those are... actors. He said, we're, <laughs> we're all eating. All of the actors he's worked with are here. Everyone. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not a generally huge horror fan. Like, mm-hmm. I can appreciate very well done horror when it's out there, but I'm surprised with how much I really, really enjoyed also, you did check House. it. I think it's a pretty expertly uh, paced and written show. I, I love the nonlinear aspects of it. I yeah. know some people were a little frustrated by that, I but I, I think I love Lost. So I, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's so it, just he it, specifically had said the, the the part that you said. He made the episode when he was writing it to be bingeable. He said he said he he realized he saw like the statistics or whatever. People tend to binge three episodes at a time, so he wrote it in those fragments. <laughs> I said, okay, I see Very you. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I, I can't recommend that highly enough. Yeah. Uh, so. Even for people who are necessarily big horror fans, if you're a little mm-hmm. skeptical, there's a lot of craft here. And I think it actually, aside from being a tense, scary story, it has like a good family drama thing yeah. that ties it all together. So I'm. And uh, five, episode five and six? <laughs> those episodes are crazy. Five yeah. and six are insane. But I'll tell you what, what is even more insane. The other thing that I watched. Suspiria. <laughs> this one I haven't been able to see yet. It's a no from me, man. 
No? It's a no from me. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Not right, you're not riding with your boy, Luca? No, 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 no. Is that your boy? I don't That's want him to call me by my name, by my surname. <laughs> this movie was not for me. I cannot get into spoilers when it comes to this thing. But, man, and you want to know what got, what's getting to me? As soon as I got out, some people have already seen it. And they're hitting you with that. Y'all just don't understand it. This is art house. <laughs> Bro, I have seen people talk about how this movie is so art house. They're like, mother's mother's not art house. Mother <laughs> is for children. Suspiria is true art house film with the accent mark and everything. And I'm like, right, bro, what you right. talking about? He's like, there's layers. And I hate when people talk about there's layers. You just don't understand it. There's so many layers. Name me one. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, I'm sure I'll agree with you. But you know, like when people like try to tell you the director achieved what he wanted masterfully. Right. Well, what was he achieving? What he was <laughs> achieving put a, masterfully. Can't put your finger on it. Nah, I don't know. It's just not for me, man. No, it's not no. for me. D- it, was it boring? Was it not scary? Just all It's of it two and a half hours long. The yeah. original or ori- like the original tells you like in the trailer for the original, they're like, it's 90 minutes. Nah, they're like, they took three acts, they made it into six acts, an epilogue. There's an after credit scene, Zach. Is this a Marvel movie? (laughs) There's an after credit scene. Yeah, I was a little surprised. uh, I caught up with the original Suspiria. I had never Mm -hmm. seen it. Uh, I saw it a couple weeks ago for the first time, and it's like a sleek, easy-to-watch 90 minutes. It feels very modern in in that way. Not this uh, one. I'm very curious what Luca did to add that other hour to it. I think there's a lot of like really interesting imagery that there I'm, is. I'm very curious to check like out. Like Tilda Swinton as a man, yeah. Complete and utter <laughs> pointless. For those who don't know, Tilda Swinton plays a man for no reason. And and they're like pretending that she's not doing it, right? Like yeah, it's very credited. obvious. Yeah. They told us when we watched them, like when we went in there for the press, so it's like it's a secret, but it's not a secret. <laughs> But it's also not okay. a spoiler because Tilda Swinton plays an old man. She has a prosthetic penis. And I read this on an article. She requested a prosthetic penis because she I wanted to be too. fully in character for this old man. <laughs> the old man sounds like a woman. But Tilda Swinton also is in the movie as Tilda Swinton. She plays two characters. I've heard that she might also be secretly playing a third. But I, I, again, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. It sounds very bizarre. I'm still curious about it. Oh, yeah, it's uh, a very curious movie. But yeah, no, it's it's definitely seemed like the reactions have been extremely divisive. I haven't seen just about anybody saying, I thought it was okay. It's it's pretty much, this is completely my shit, and the, or this is like not at all for me. Okay. <laughs> sure. Why not? Bernard, what have you seen recently? What's on your mind? Uh, plot twist. I also saw Suspiria. Oh! Woo! Watch, he loves it! <laughs> I I really liked it. I really liked it. Okay! <laughs> okay! Yeah. Here let's we go. 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 Now no. we got a podcast! <laughs> yeah, now we, got, now we got a show. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I didn't... It was in line... Like, it's a similar type of experience to Mother, where, where like people ask you what your reaction was to the film, and you want to say, I enjoyed it. But enjoy is not the right word, right? Yes. Like I, I felt like right. it was like I did not enjoy it. Mother. I, um, I, it was not an enjoyable film, but I thought it was it was um, incredibly like well crafted uh, experience visually. So what struck me most visually? I mean, visually, there's like a, you could write a novel about like this movie, just talking about all the crazy shit uh, they yeah. show. Can I cuss on this? We can cuss. Oh, on yeah, that? absolutely. Um, 
So, but what I will say, the thing that struck me the most was uh, the brand of horror, uh, horror, of gore they create mm. in this movie, the violence, the way they portray violence in this movie is like, I don't know, I've, I've seen things similar to it, but it's really, um, it's not like, there's a lot of blood splatter and explosions and, you know, silliness and stuff, but there's also like, kind of like bone crunching gore that really makes you kind of quiver and, oh. um, you know, kind of shake in your boots. And it really, you, I could feel that everyone in my theater, it wasn't a packed theater, but there was, it was it, you know, considerably right. packed. I, I, I kind of like felt a wave of like shifting in people's seats, like they couldn't even watch the shit. And it right. was, it was just, it was a, it was a movie, man. Like, like, and I, what I mean by that is that it was an experience. I, like you said, it's a divisive movie because I think it really, Luca really um, goes for it. He makes a statement and he's bold. And yeah, I, I'm not surprised that people either like love it or hate it. It is that kind of movie. It's a statement he's film. He's right. Awesome. He's right with it. Like the bone crushing scenes, it's not even like a minute or two minutes, <laughs> right? It's it's a full out five minute crazy like, the length of a <laughs> crazy. song. You're like, all right, we're gonna do this and continue doing it. And there's like, I don't even know how he filmed some of this stuff. I'll give him that for a fact. Right. What he mentioned, which is like that the final third act when things just go like. Bunkers, he, he did yeah. not care. He did not care. So he's right when I say this is not a boring film. Right, right, right. In any way, shape, or form. For me, it was just like, I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was crazy. But he's right. It's an experience. It's an experience. And I'm going to be very curious to see what people who think that they're watching like Hocus Pocus 2018 are going to think when they come out of this movie. <laughs> no, but Art, what you were saying, you know, your critiques of the film, uh, I that was not my experience, but I totally understand. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like I can understand the opposing viewpoint yeah. on this film. It's just it's just nuts. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I can understand people. Like I would never recommend this to anybody, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I would feel bad. unless they liked Mother. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Now I would say like so I think this is really interesting that you bring it up with the uh, imagery, and I don't know if Zach you've heard about this. Um, that idea that he got sued. Have you heard about this? He's getting sued for shots in... This is so interesting. Luca is getting sued for shots within the movie because he's taking them and ripping them off from female artists, female directors, cinematographers. And when I read the article, I was like, that's kind of crazy. Like, do people now own certain shots, right? Like, what if the guy who invented the the -the over-the-shoulder, whatever else, (laughs) reverse shot, like, if he just claims it, then what are we going to do about it? The more I read into it, though, it's the specific filmmaker or artist... For shots that he legit took piece for piece in the trailer, hmm. some of them dealing with like like bondage stuff, spe- like they're very specific shots. Like it goes shots. beyond homage. Uh, it goes beyond because in an interview he says, "Yes, I took it from her. I am very <laughs> inspired from her." And I guess he asked, she said no. He did it anyways. Ooh. He's getting sued. So if you if you have the chance to read the article, I don't know how the lawsuit's gonna go. I'm not sure if they had to trim around. Obviously not a lot because the movie's still two and a half. But that's like crazy to me because his biggest thing with the interview was that he he realizes he's a male filmmaker, but the movie is a very female driven, empowering movie, and he just wanted to showcase, even though he's a male, the power and the voices that these females have. And now he's getting sued because I guess the way he did it was by stealing their stuff. So that's an interesting uh, aspect. I'm, I'm very curious to see how that develops. What's the Picasso quote? Good artists copy, great artists steal. Well, this man <laughs> took it and ran. L- Lucas taking it very literally, apparently. Yeah. All right. Um, so 
two very different opinions on Suspiria. If you've had a chance to see it, definitely let us know which side of the fence that you fall on in the comments down below. Uh, as for what I've seen, I got a chance to get an early screening of The Ballad of Bas Buster Scruggs. Hey, uh, it was playing as part of New York Film Festival. This is the new Coen Brothers movie, kind of like a mysterious Coen Brothers movie. Uh, I think when it was first announced, they uh, it was announced as a Netflix series, and then they basically came out during the Venice Film Festival announcements and said, yeah, this is a movie. This is always <laughs> supposed to be a movie. Okay. Uh, it, but it's like an anthology, which is kind of interesting. It's okay. six completely unrelated stories that all take place in the Old West. So it's got some of those, you know, true grit vibes. You get, it's a very... The, the humor is that very Coens-ish... Uh, there's a frankness to it, a matter-of-factness to the way that the characters speak, and and a deliberateness to the, the violence. Like, I think something that gets underrated in a lot of the Coens' work is just how funny they are able to make violence in, uh, whether it's films like No Country for Old Men or uh, even in Fargo. Mm -hmm. This is top of that list. There's a whole sequence with Tim Blake Nelson as uh, Buster Scruggs, who is going around from saloon to saloon, challenging people to duels and singing ballads to his, his exploits. And it, it's the best Tim Blake Nelson I've ever seen. And the, these are, you know, this is coming from the same filmmakers who put him in, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? It's just this hilarious, very specific voice uh, that you get from the Coens. A dark humor, but a, a lightness to it as well. It doesn't feel heavy watching it. I, I loved this movie. It's not going to be one of your favorite Coen brothers ever because it, do, it doesn't have the cohesion that amounts to something big the way that I think a lot of their movies do. But it's just completely entertaining. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so if you like the Coen brothers stuff, you have to keep an eye out for Ooh. Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yeah. Better than Halls, you say. Better than his roles as the counselor in Holes? <laughs> yeah, it might be. It might be. I don't know about that, sir. <laughs> no, just, just wait until you see. Oh, I will. I will. Uh, and there's a, a really great hanging joke that I'm just going to throw out there and not spoil. But that's it for uh, what we've been watching. Let us know what you've been watching down in the comments below. We're going to move ahead to Yay or Nay, where we talk about the latest happenings in the entertainment industry. Starting with... Many people said that Suicide Squad was Warner Brothers' attempt at aping the success of Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. They'll be a lot more likely mm -hmm. to emulate Guardians now <laughs> after hiring James Gunn to write and possibly direct Suicide Squad 2. Can't this beat comes after the director's recent highly publicized firing from Marvel's now on hold, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Art. Yay or nay, this is a brilliant troll move on behalf of Warner Brothers. It's gangster. Now I hope that it's better than their last than the last time they got a director from Marvel. Cause Justice League is trash. That's right. straight dookie. Right. Yeah. But so the, I guess that wasn't his Joss's the whole time or mm, I don't know. Josh is that kid at the playground who like wants to slide all for himself. So, I don't know what he tried doing with that movie, but... No, I, yeah, I'm all for this. Like, if he comes in and if he's writing the script, I think it's going to be very interesting to see what he does. I'm pretty sure whatever he wrote for Guardians 3, it's the property of Marvel. Right. So... Yeah, so it won't be able to be the same yeah. thing exactly. But we'll That see. being said, like, it, it's clear from the conception of Suicide Squad, they're like, 
very much trying to do something in the James Gunn mold. Yeah. And now they so have So it's James funny that Gunn they have him. The yeah, that's hilarious. So if uh, if they need Josh Trank for anything, uh, my man's free. He's still been looking for work. So if y'all need Josh Trank for anything, uh, if you got four superheroes you need to line, <laughs> help him out, please. Uh, Bernard, any thoughts on Suicide Squad 2? Yeah, man. I mean, uh, it, it seems to make sense. Uh, James Gunn, I'll... It, you know, at the end of the day, this is James Gunn writing and directing a movie, potentially, and I'll watch that any day of the That's week. That's right, yeah. You know, it's James right, Gunn, right. so. Yeah, I'm cool with it. I mean, I'm not cool with it, him leaving that uh, other project, but, you know, I would have preferred him to stay over there at the, you know, the House of Mouse or whatever, but this will be good, whatever. <laughs> it's a, it's a, yeah, James Gunn movie. I'm down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're giving him fun toys to play with, it sounds Seems like, like he might be good at this kind of movie. Yes, it, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think briefly they had Gavin O'Connor attached to direct this one. And Gavin O'Connor's a really good director. He directed Warrior, Warrior which is which a movie I that I think is super underrated. But not exactly a, what I would consider a match for Suicide Squad. What did he just make? Gavin O'Connor? Yeah, he just made it. Because I love Warrior. I'm big fan. I, yeah. I own three copies of Warrior. I don't even know why. But he just made something. And whatever he recently made, I remember like being super excited because I'm like, oh, snap, it's Gavin O'Connor, the guy who made I don't Warrior. Know. I don't know. But like his newest project, uh, I thought was like just decent. But if y'all oh, have he directed the Seven Seconds pilot. I know you liked Seven Seconds. Okay. Did he didn't do a movie? I'm pretty sure he did a movie. He did The Accountant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Sure. By now, we've all heard about the elusive Netflix algorithm, which monitors your viewing ha patterns and attempts to recommend more content for you based on your habits. Mm -hmm. But in the past couple of weeks, Twitter has been discussing the title cards Netflix uses on its menu and how they differ from user to user. Screen Crush's Matt Singer pointed out in an article that when switching between his account and his wife's account, the title cards emphasized female characters more heavily on his wife's account. And on Twitter, Stacia L. Brown noted that many of the cards which appear on her account promote black actors for films in which the black characters might have minuscule parts. Bernard, yay or nay, this instance of Netflix targeting its users is crossing a line. Uh, my gut reaction is that I don't, I don't really have a problem with it. You know, it's just not like they're lying to anyone about the content of the film or anything. And I think people do like seeing, you know, people who look like them represented in movies. And if there's someone who looks like them in a movie, I don't, I don't really see a problem with uh, presenting that image. Right. I'd love to hear a counter uh, argument, though, because I haven't really thought about it that hard. All right, let well, me think I mean, about it. <laughs> <laughs> I try to stir up something. What do I have? Um, it's wrong. And I'll tell you why. As I <laughs> I'm, I'm no, sold. I, I'm like, uh, sold. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad I brought you to the side. As we stand together and boycott Netflix. I, I, I guess the only counter thing would be, what about when there isn't representation in that movie? What's right. the closest I mean, thing to bring it up? It'd be really weird if they just showed a couple black actors for an all-white movie. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be weird, right? Like just a random extra. They just yeah. pause it on that thumbnail. That'd be weird. It, that would be weird. But, you know, uh, one of the title cards that, that has been making the rounds is the Like Father uh, one because there, there's a small couple that has, like, ten minutes of screen time maybe in the movie mm -hmm. and they get the title card. But to me, it's not necessarily 
that different than a lot of the other, I don't know, uh, How do they misleading know what you trailers are, and stuff we get. I, I remember, uh, what is it, Set It Up, the romantic comedy that had Lucy Liu and Tay Diggs yes. in it. That, for the longest time, and this was not so coincidentally after he started dating Ariana Grande, but the thumbnail was just Pete Davidson. Even though and he's, he's like, side to side. Yeah. He's the side side biggest kicker. character in that movie, yeah. maybe? Uh, so no. it, it, to, it to me just strikes me as similar to when a trailer really emphasizes an actor who maybe is just like a cameo or mm -hmm. something. It, it, it's whatever they're doing, they're doing whatever they can to try and get you to click on the thing. And as long as it's not lying, as long it's as not. it's not misrepresenting the movie completely. Uh, I So you're, you're talking about like when you're flipping through the stuff, like the, the image that pops out, the poster in a sense for it, yeah, right? The, the yeah, the weird rectangular okay. poster that they So did. I do know about this, but I didn't know that they were doing it like gender or race specific. Thomas Flight, shout out Thomas Flight. He's got a great YouTube channel. I remember seeing his video months back. Thomas Flight has this channel, uh, this video on that where he noticed that depending on what he clicked the most, YouTube would change or the Netflix would change everything. So if he liked, if he was clicking on images that had scenery, then the rover, it ain't going to be the actors. It's going to be the scenery. Right, if he was right. picking on provocative and like he did it and he tested it out. This man in his video tested it out for like an entire week to see if it shift and it would shift. It would shift to certain actions so it's, it's been doing this for a while. I didn't know they were getting that specific, though. Right, right. Yeah, very interesting. I mean, uh, in the Screen Crush article, Matt Singer noted it more than just showing more women for his wife's account, it made a lot of the movies look sadder on his account. He says, like, maybe he watches too many sad indie movies. But, uh, this explains... You know, this it, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to make a joke, so you go ahead. <laughs> and I was just going to say, I mean, like, it's, it's curious that they have all these different ways of trying to target their users, yeah. even if we're not necessarily giving that information directly. They don't want you to leave the site. YouTube does that. Everyone does that. But yeah. it explains why Haley Lou Richardson is in all my thumbnails now. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, guys, I don't... I, yeah, that's the thing. Like, there's, I think there are arguments to be made of it, whether it's like being kind of lame to the audience or a little deceptive to the audience, which, mm -hmm. like you said, Zach, you know, studios already do. Um, right. And there's an argument to be made about, like, it's not fair to the movie. Like, if you're putting Pete Davidson's fucking face on a poster he's barely in, like, maybe that's not fair to the rest of the cast or something like that. But I don't see anything, like, ethically wrong with this, honestly. Uh, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I can't really... I, it, I guess, initially, to a lot of people, I can understand it feels wrong. But it's, if, if, you really, you think if about I it, really think about it, I can't put my finger on what's wrong about it. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. In fact, they're reaching out, trying to make it feel yeah. more inclusive. If yeah. anything, it's just bad marketing. Worst case scenario, like you said, they put someone on the poster, <laughs> and then you don't end up clicking on it because they forgot to show yeah. you who they marketed for. <laughs> and maybe it ends up getting people to click on a movie that they wouldn't normally mm. think about clicking on. You know, Maybe we'll see. Uh, yeah. I don't run a streaming service, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, we are recording this podcast before the Apple keynote, so everything that we're about to say could become extremely irrelevant very soon. Uh, hopefully won't be. <laughs> or prophetic. Apple, Apple has been quietly working on its own streaming media, getting into ready to compete with the likes of Netflix mm -hmm. and Amazon. In the first bits of concrete news that we're getting about the streaming service, the company revealed that Apple shows will stream for free for people with Apple devices, including iPhone users. Additionally, the service will launch its own standalone app sometime early in 2019. And for people who are, who are using the Apple service 
through an Apple TV, they'll access these shows through the shows tile and not a standalone app. Art, will Apple's entry into streaming be a game changer? Yeah, I mean, look at how quick they got Apple Music up and running. Right. I mean, they had iTunes, but they got that up quick. And right, then... and it and it's like doing similar. I, I think it might be bigger than Spotify. I'm not sure. But what are they going to show? I know we talked about they have some shows, but yeah, they just announced earlier this week that Steve Carell is joining the Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Aniston uh, show about a morning show. Uh, they have. They've got some other stuff in the works, aren't wow, they? Yeah, that's crazy. You know, I think it'll work if they change the thumbnails to people who look like me. <laughs> I would be more inclined to click the stuff that they have on there. I don't, we've been talking about the Disney one, though. I feel like when the Disney one comes out, that's going to be one that makes a big imprint. It's I mean, they're dope, canceling right? a bunch of Disney Netflix shows, so it kind of sounds like they're getting ready for that. As long as it's free, I think it's cool. Yeah, I mean, the fact that it's potentially going to be free for a large chunk of uh, digital people mm -hmm. is kind of crazy to me. I, you know, I think for a lot of people, just the even small amount that you have to pay at first to get onto like Hulu or something is a little bit of an obstacle. You know, there's a lot of people I know who, despite using Netflix for several years, have yet to get their own account. Uh, hey, shut so up. Just... Stop. I'm targeted. <laughs> <laughs> so just the fact that, uh, you know, all the people I know who have iPhones are already going to have access to these shows, I think is, is a huge uh, step for Apple trying to make a name for themselves in this market. But yeah, it's, it's interesting to note that this is happening at the same time that we're getting all these developments with the Disney streaming service. I think uh, there are reports about a Warner streaming service that's going to try launching soon, and they're pulling friends off of Netflix. <laughs> Bernard, do you have an iPhone? I sure do. I sure do, Zach. Hey, look at that. Yeah. And proud. <laughs> you got one of the new ones? Uh, I get newish. I got the the 8 plus. Okay. 8 plus. Ooh. That's newer than mine. Is that Face ID? No. I don't like Face <laughs> oh. ID. Yeah. yeah I don't I don't either. It's do too I. slow. Right? And yeah. if if you wake up in the middle of the night, there's no light on. You feel like an idiot. <laughs> you feel very confused and cold yeah. and alone. <laughs> this has been all really relevant. Uh, let's move on to some <laughs> quick hit news conversations. The rough cuts. Uh, we're just going to do short news bits. The era of the Defenders on Netflix may be coming to a close as the streaming giant announced that season two of both Luke Cage as well as Iron Fist will be the last ones. Mm. That leaves Jessica Jones and Daredevil as the only remaining Marvel superheroes on Netflix. Bernard, yay or nay, Netflix is smart to begin moving away from Marvel. Is, are they doing Heroes for Hire? I don't know, actually. Some people speculate that they canceled yep. those shows because they want to do Heroes for Hire and combine the shows. Mm -hmm. Yep, some people have said that. It's not confirmed or anything, but yeah, I heard the same thing. I wonder if, well, okay, so I'm not actually a fan of the, the Netflix Marvel shows. Um, I, I, just, I don't know. I, it just doesn't appeal to me. I think they're very, like, really well-made shows and well-crafted and you know, really yeah. good uh, by any measure, really, for TV. Yeah. Um, it's just like kind of when I go to that brand, that Marvel brand, I, I don't know. It's just like those shows are such a bummer for me. <laughs> they just bum me out. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, um, yeah. yeah, that's not for me. But, uh, you know, I actually, for fans, like, I hope that uh, Heroes for Hire is a thing. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like uh, these Marvel shows suffer from peak content being a thing. You know, in in the early 2000s, these shows would have been gobbled up, but now when we have three, four Marvel movies coming out a year, when we have, you know, CW, two, two three new Netflix shows every uh, Friday, yeah. it, it's tough to fit it all in. As film studios begin to push their... begin their push for award season. The Disney For Your Consideration page has revealed that Infinity War will only be campaigned for best visual effects, while Black Panther will be pushed for awards across the board, including in major categories like Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Actor. Art, yay or nay, Disney is snubbing Infinity War with this decision. They're playing politics. Yes, I think it's also Infinity War is part one. They're they're gonna get another chance at the bat with Infinity War. Oh, they're gonna Lord of the Rings it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Return I mean, of the Thanos. I mean, Return of the King does set a potentially interesting precedent uh-huh. for Infinity War to try and. It's follow. gonna sweep. We got I Titanic. Don't think it's gonna sweep, but I think it has a chance. All about Eve. Getting... Infinity War. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure. Who's the actor? Do you know the actor off the top? For best actor, Bozeman. Oh, oh. Yeah. No. Th- sure. This this is the thing, though. Okay. Th- this is the, the early stages of the four-year consideration campaign, where they list just about everybody. I think they have uh, four different people competing for supporting actor or something like that. So you would know more about this than I do. Do they have a limit? No, no, then you're allowed to campaign as many people as then you shoot potentially your shot. want. It, it's just the it's just the idea that like you don't want to spread your resources too thin okay. or uh, have people paying attention to the wrong things. I, I think Marvel and Disney is essentially just thinking like there's a lot of momentum behind Black Panther. Infinity War will have another chance next year. Mm-hmm. You know, the, let's try right. and get this movie I'm, in. Its I'm gonna put moment. y'all on the spot then. Both y'all gonna answer it. Is it going to get nominated Best Picture, Black Panther? Yes or no? Oh, that's right, tough. Right now, I'm going to go yes. I'll say no. That's wild. Now, I'm not saying what you guys like, yeah, want right. to, but, but I don't do think, think I don't will? think those yeah, people will. <laughs> that's going to be crazy be in that on category. Twitter. Whether it is or whether it isn't, it's going to be a crazy day on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Katie Holmes, who hasn't had a starring role in a film for 10 years, has signed on to play the lead in the sequel to the horror movie The Boy. Art, is this a bigger sign of the growth of horror or a bigger sign of the demise of Katie Holmes? Pass it in. I'm I'm good. (laughs) I'm tripping. What is The Boy? What is that? Bernard, you the, don't know the classic The Boy? The Boy? The Boy. It's a Is that a classic? classic. It's a it's January <laughs> dumping ground horror. Okay. Movie about okay. a boy who's just this doll. But it does crazy things around the house, but it's just a doll. That sounds familiar. And I don't want to spoil the twist for those who haven't seen it. Uh Laura from The Walking Dead. What's her name from The Walking Dead? Oh, Maggie, right? Maggie from The Walking it, Dead. She was in it. Yeah. Mm. Why is there It's on Netflix. This? Oh, I'm, run- know, I'm th- running right when we're done recording. I'm running. <laughs> I don't know. I feel this is like kind of interesting because like we've seen how these franchised horror movies kind of get bigger along as they go along. 
how we kind of get like you know an ex experimental first purge and okay. now we're getting all these purge sequels where it's not so much of like a bad career choice for some people to take i don't know i i just think it's interesting that we're getting this the type boy of two. career path the boy again two boy two furious <laughs> for Oscar, oscars 2020 all right that's it for yay or nay those are our news topics for the week let us know what you think in the comments down below and let us know if there's anything that we should cover on another show we're gonna get to our topic of the week and with november right here approaching uh we are gonna talk about oscars it's full fully award season at the movies there's a lot of uh, really prestigious stuff coming out with the fall film festivals now pretty much over and uh, movies lining up their chances to get nominated for the big awards. We have movies like First Man and A Star is Born in theaters, movies like If Beale Street Could Talk and Vice on the Way. Uh, I wanted to ask the both of you if there's any movies that uh, you feel already have staked a claim as front runners in this year's Oscar season. Art, you want to get us started? Uh, sure. I think uh, Star is Born for the music categories and such. Um, Black Panther, obviously, because it's going to sweep. Uh, I'm trying to think specifically for acting. I feel like one of the most interesting races to watch is the uh, best actress. I feel like there's some crazy amount. Obviously, I'm still rooting for Hereditary and my, and my girl, Toni Collette. <laughs> but uh, Lady Gaga. Right. Like people are going mad hard for her as well, so I think it's gonna be like a very interesting race. I'm gonna I'm gonna be very curious to see if they go one for one. You know what I mean? As they lead up to the Oscars and see who takes it. In terms of movie, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have a specific one. Bernard, has anything been jumping out to you so far uh, into the movie season? Yeah, I mean, for me personally, or like what I think is gonna do well. Yeah, more so what you think is gonna do well. Yeah, like Stars Born for sure. I actually think like Lady Gaga's getting that fucking award dude because i i just try to put myself in the academy members shoes and knowing like what they do and i can just imagine them envisioning her getting an award on that stage like they yeah. they want to see that subconsciously you know because yeah. they can picture right. it you can she's meant to that girl is born to receive awards like look at her she looks like a trophy right. I, I didn't mean it that way <laughs> I did not mean it that way but she she's gorgeous she's ravishing i don't know i yeah. think they're gonna think that way because i don't know it's kind of dumb that way but i think you know their first man will probably do well in a bunch of nominations yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, just speaking to the Lady Gaga thing, I think there is a well-documented, like, ingenue thing at the yeah. Oscars where it's like, oh, this is the new actress. And e even though, you know, Lady Gaga is not necessarily a new property, it's her coming into movies and doing, this, you know, the way that uh, Jennifer Hudson, like, 10 years ago, just yeah. came in and took the supporting actress for... Uh, uh, Dreamgirls, I think a really big performance in a musical like this where she does more than just sing really well. I think she's giving a really great performance. She was all right, yeah. Uh, like, I, I think, and it's also just the kind of movie that people are going to respond to. Mm -hmm. That's the thing, I think, heading into uh, the the end of the year, I think Star is Born has got to be the front runner for best picture for whatever reason okay. I, I feel like it won't necessarily keep that steam going for, yeah. throughout the uh, award season That's it's out really early very but, early you know what what do we talk about when we talk about like the stereotypical oscar movies like 
movies that are about at the industry about how great entertainment is and how moving it can be and uh it's it's got it's got so many elements that i think an academy member would necessarily right. uh, res respond to it's easily going to be in the running for best picture whether or not it act ultimately wins i don't know uh you know there's other movies though i'm curious whether or not the smaller movies that are kind of on the table uh like will, which? will really get into the discussion, whether that's something like Roma, the new Coron movie, whether that's uh, Yorgos Lanthimos is the favorite, which is, I think, a little bit more of a traditional type of movie from a director that a lot of people are really interested in. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is a movie that I haven't seen. I know Art saw, but something even like Green Book could potentially get there. It ended up taking home <laughs> that would the be uh, audience award. Yeah at TIFF, which is traditionally uh -huh. a sign of uh, its strength heading into the Oscar season. Uh, Green Book is that one movie that makes it to the Oscars just because like all the audience members and everyone thinks like, it's a happy movie. There's no yeah. reason for it to really be there. It kind of seems no... like the Hidden Figures slot or something. That's exactly what, that that's exactly what Green Book is. And I like Green Book, but it's like, I like you cool, you're my boy, but Green Book, you're not an Oscar contender. Yeah. Come on now. Like, and I said, I've said this, Mahershala Ali literally has a scene in the movie where they just stop the car to go so he can perform in the rain. <laughs> he gets off the car, says his line in the rain, and then he gets, he, he isn't forced back in the car. He got out of the car just to get back into the car. He said his right. line, you see it in the trailer. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, you wanted your Oscar bit. Yeah, but yeah just, that's probably it just looks it more dramatic there. that way. Uh, you brought up a good point when you brought up uh, Roma. Do you think, or which movie do you think is going to be the streaming one that finds its way in. Right, because we have yet to see a movie that really goes from a streaming platform uh, all the way to Best Picture. Mm -hmm. You know, Amazon did help release Manchester by the Sea, but it got a more traditional theatrical release. There are rumors that Roma and maybe some other Netflix movies will get some kind of theatrical release, but it seems pretty likely that it will end up on Netflix before the Oscars. Uh, I feel like that's definitely got a better chance than something like I what I brought up earlier, Ballad of Buster Scruggs, or I know Netflix was hoping 22 July, the new Paul Greengrass movie, would uh, potentially be in the running. Uh, I think there's just an obvious artistry mm -hmm. going on in Roma uh, that's going to be hard to deny. In, as much as I liked a lot of movies that have shown up on Netflix, I don't know if I would say that uh, any of them have been quite so breathtaking on a technical level uh, as Roma has as Roma was. Mm -hmm. So, and you're also talking about coming from Coron, who is proven to be successful in uh, these circles, whether it's winning That's for Gravity point. or so he's already you know. in almost, depending on who's casting their vote. Yeah. Uh, so I I saw you both. Uh, kind of cringe a little when I said that Star is Born is the front runner. Do you feel like that one's getting overrated as we head into... Uh, not by a ton. Not by a ton. Just a little overrated. It's just bogus to just dismiss Kevin Hart's night school like that. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> no, I agree with you. I agree with you. I guess my thing is this. Is there not a rule? Can you award a second of Star is Born? <laughs> How's that I, fair? I think there's actually... Ha what is the movie that... There's got to be a clause. 
No, there's been there's been like one movie I believe where the original True Grit, uh, where the original and the remake won the actor best actor. So we've seen this sometimes. Oh, no man. Oh no. I know it's been just, like I'm well over fifty. Heavy years, with True but... Grit references today. Oh no. That's... <laughs> oh yeah. You had the True Grit in the bag. Oh no. That's just ah. Uh, it's a little weird for me. But it's it's they're such different movies. They are such different movies, but. No, nah, I mean, yeah, you make a great point. Yeah, um, I mean, I the, I think the thing is with the Star Is Born, which is maybe at least some of the reason that I would be disappointed if it ultimately did win Best Picture is beyond being a remake of a remake of a remake. It we've there's been more than four Star Is Borns. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like every. Uh, there's a new talent Generation, kind of movie. This yeah. is the artist. The art. The artist is a star is born. Parks it just Sorry. has a slightly happier ending, you know. I, I, and I think, as much as I thought that it was a technically well done movie, no, I, like I was it. really impressed with the performances. I, I don't know. I just. It seems like a very uninspired choice for best picture. Do you think that it's going to get the La La Land effect? Being the musical, being or the music-heavy one, uh, that it's going to come in, especially with the Golden Globes and stuff like that, and they're going to put it at a point where some people are just going to want to like dislike it, depending on what else is coming out with it. Well, I think that's just going to happen to whatever we decide is the front-runner, and right now that's the front-runner. I so. guess, but it's also the difference is Gaga, fans, Gaga monsters are strong, and they just right. make you want to hate it for no reason. <laughs> a, a certain group of people. You know what I mean? Right. But... Uh, and I know I, this is separate from the Oscars, but isn't there like already some Golden Globe debauchery already? Some buffoonery going on with the Golden Globes? I, there was like I haven't some heard about it, bro. There was something in particular. You know how like they split it between drama and comedy musical? Oh, I think it's that um, they're not putting Stars Born in musical, which a lot of people are surprised by. How? I mean, they they're trying to signal like, no, this is a serious contender. Drama is supposed right, to be taken right. more seriously. But why do we fucking have this category if not for movies like A Star is <laughs> I thought yeah. The Martian was hilarious. That, that is a number one <laughs> 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 uh, It's crazy. Yeah, Golden Globe's a whole other side of it. Yeah. Uh, what about stuff like documentary? Documentary or foreign film? I don't know if you guys There's have seen There's been a lot of really burning. interesting documentaries coming out this year. Oh, well, let's talk about the documentaries. Uh, obviously, I love the Mr. Rogers one. Big fan of Three Identical Strangers. I know a lot of what's out right now, Free Solo. Like, it's been a big yeah, year a for documentaries. Been, a lot of people are talking about Free Solo. I haven't seen that one yet. I but, need to see it, too. Uh, yeah, it's, like a, it's supposed to be visually like a very mm-hmm. compelling movie. And right I, I think like, that might help distinguish it in a documentary mm-hmm. category that's normally not necessarily like about the visuals. Yeah. Although that might also be the kind of thing that necessarily the documentary branch is less interested in. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. I'm all I'm always finding myself surprised by some of their choices. I know. A lot of people <laughs> thought like like Jane was a shoe-in last year, the uh Jane Goodall documentary. Yeah, like uh, the, every year you whatever movie you whatever doc you think has the least likelihood of winning will win <laughs> will right. win every year it's, yeah. It, yeah, no, it's crazy because there's like a whole bunch of doc- documentaries you can name you're like man it's a big year they could and then they're gonna pick the one that's like all the way over there that you're like that one 
No, and then the filmmakers and all their friends, you know, the cast, like, start walking up, and then everyone, like, yeah. looks, or, and the audience looks confused because they're, they're like, not, not expecting them to win. Get released, yeah. they're, the, they're the ones who walk up from the way, way back <laughs> yeah, in the yeah, auditorium. Yeah. You get a zip line down from the balcony. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's going to be crazy. I got another one that does the same thing, uh, foreign films foreign language you always get those bunch like i feel totally. Cold War is going to be one burning being the other one that everyone's like absolutely adoring loving yeah people um, are talking about burning potentially being the first south korean film to get a mm. uh, foreign language film mm-hmm. nomination and it would be pretty crazy considering that south korea has actually produced a lot of really good movies mm-hmm. so i'm just curious what's going to be that random foreign film that no one's even heard of that's going to get submitted for it. But I know you said that you're seeing Cold War soon. Uh, that's coming yep. from Pavel Pavlovsky, who did Ida, I, which won Ida the won, Best so. Foreign Film a couple of years ago. So yeah. that's another one that would potentially be a contender for Best Foreign coming from Poland. I'm trying to think. Would Roma be foreign language film? So that's the thing. I think it's because it's... The titles are in, like, everything. It is literally a Mexican film. So I this is... I think that the way that the... Globes differ from the Oscars is that the Globes, it's a foreign language film. That's potentially where Roma could compete. But I think at the Oscars, it's like a foreign produced film. And that's where Roma doesn't doesn't it's pass foreign the second. It's though. a Netflix produced film. But I don't know. There was, Somebody can but, correct me down below right, if I'm not there was, right about there, that. But there was still that Netflix foreign film from last year that they get nominated, remember? You told me about it. Lo- Lovely or whatever that one was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's one they picked up, not one they produced. You know, distributing and producing. It's confusing and annoying and doesn't really seem to make a lot of sense. Uh, the, thing, the other thing that I, is about these foreign films, I believe that the country itself has to nominate it. Right. There's like that, that the, the French one uh, yeah. with, uh, what's her name? Nonfiction? No. Nonfiction? Oh, oh. Oh, nonfiction, I think. Is yeah. that what it's called? Yeah, nonfiction. Maybe. It's the one with um. She worked with Haneki and and everything. It's the dude who made uh Olivier he uh, Asai something. He made Personal Shopper. That dude. Oh yeah, yeah. Assez. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he's got that movie, and pretty much the um, the French people said, "Nah, we ain't submitting it." And he's like, "What the <laughs> heck? This is like my best movie." They're like, "Nah, we're good." It was like, why is it? Because you don't got it in a theater. And I was like, is this same people from cons? Like, what's going on here? They legit told him no. Like, it's a part of the Wikipedia page, too. France screwed this movie over. Like, <laughs> they just straight up said we're not submitting it. So that's a great point that you make because it's like the country itself has to decide yes or no. Right, which is uh, interesting when it comes to other films. Like, uh, I know a movie that made a lot of noise this year uh, at con was Rafiki. Which I want to hey. say came from Kenya. Yeah, it's an African it's, film. Uh, Rafiki? Story. Yeah. Was that this year? Yeah. I am tripping. I thought it was like from two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Unless Dang. I'm wrong. But I'm pretty sure no, that was No, you're year. right. You're right. I'm, I'm crazy yeah. right now. But like, that's a film that's about a lesbian couple that's in a country where that's uh, the homosexual relationships are outlawed. So, Oh, they're not. That, that ain't get to the board at all. Right, right, right. It, it's... Confusing when it comes to certain situations like that. Uh, I wanted to ask you both if there's any movies that came out earlier this year that you don't necessarily think will get into the Oscar discussion that you hope maybe, maybe by some chance will. Maybe they'll pick up like a Gotham Award nomination or something like that. I know for me, uh, I'm really hoping that we don't forget about Bo Burnham and Eighth Grade. Mm. I thought that the movie's really well written. It's so precise in its observations. 
of uh, adolescence and awkwardness and insecurity. I thought Elsie Fisher is just remarkable in the lead role, although I I understand she's probably not going to get nominated. It's not the type of role that traditionally gets nominated for a lot of awards. Yep. I do think that uh, Bo's script has a good has a potential shot of getting into the best original screenplay category, either that or I'd love to see Sorry to Bother You sneaking into screenplay. Yeah, I have three. I don't know, Bernard, if you want to go first. No, go ahead, Art. Uh, my three would have been, I would love to see some love for Hereditary. Something. Tony Collette. I, and I know she's not going to get it. Like, the moment, he, the moment <laughs> Bernard said he pictured... She literally, the ending of a, a Star is Born is her getting the Oscar. Like, come on now. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just replace that Grammy scene with that and less puking and she's set. Uh, but besides Hereditary, I wish Hereditary got some love. I want to see some Mission Impossible tech, Technical Awards. Okay. My yes. Man, cool. Bro, they put, they put the cameraman... The, the man is part of the Association for Cinematographers, and that dude jumped off a plane, all right? Like, that was not in the guild's, like, syllabus, that what you got to do. And that man said, no, nah, I'm going to do it. And he went up on the thing, and he jumped off. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, Matt, Matt Singer, I believe, I, he's getting a second reference today, uh, wrote a not-joking article that they should consider pushing Tom Cruise for best actor for that movie. Oh, I wasn't and, saying that. I wouldn't mind it, but I'm not saying that. <laughs> and and as, as much as, like, it's not what I am looking for in an awards performance, I totally get it. You know, it's he's doing things that no other actors are doing, really, in that movie. Right. And it's it's very, very compelling to watch. That's what we've been saying about the extra category, something like stunt work. We've talked we've talked about, like, casting and stuff. Yeah. I think this is a movie that, that the stunt work should be, like, I don't know, acknowledged in some sense, even if it's just a nomination. Oh, God. I mean, yeah. I've, I think for, you know, since I started writing about film, I've kind of evangelized for uh, actors who act with their bodies and tell stories with their bodies, not just their face or whatever. And yes. ye yelling yeah. and makeup. I mean, you know, what, what's up with, you know, these people don't know about Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton. Come on, Jackie yeah, Chan. Right. Like these guys, these guys are some of the greatest storytellers that ever lived. So mm -hmm. I think you're right. Like we should recognize physical acting uh, on the same level as we recognize like fucking voice and face acting. Yeah. Get my Absolutely. boy Iko Uwai a nomination immediately. <laughs> yeah, man. A any of the movies, y'all pick them. Have y'all seen? Oh, no, I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. <laughs> I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it for the end. Uh, Bernard, any movies from 2018 that you're hoping the Oscars don't forget about or maybe just in your ideal Oscars they would get a nomination? Yeah, man. Um, you know, the, the first two you guys already mentioned, Hereditary. I'm just a huge fan of that that film uh, on, on a lot of levels, actually. Tony Collette's... Uh, Ari Aster, the director of that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, she's, stun she's stunning, uh, Tony Collette. And that, that movie's so cinematic and rich. And, um, yeah, yeah you could, it's like it, it rewards, I think, multiple views. And then Sorry to Bother You, like I've never seen another movie that actually feels like Oakland's more than that movie. I'm from the Bay Area. So, mm. like, that movie That's feels cool. like... It's obviously, if you've seen it, it's fantastical and kind of abstract and Yeah, trippy. it's got a magical, realist element. Exactly. But the, and the surrealism actually reflects Oakland better than, like, just shooting Oakland would. <laughs> it feels <laughs> like Oakland. And then yeah. uh, my third one... Uh, there's this movie called Destroyer coming out. You guys heard of that? Hey, this Nicole movie? Kidman. Yeah, yeah, Nicole Kidman is the star of that one, right? Nicole Kidman is the shit in that movie. She's oh. so good. That movie's pretty good, 
But her, like her performance, like that's one of the best Nicole Kidman performances I ever seen. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, we'll have to keep an eye out for that one. Uh, another one that I, I wanted to mention, I, I've seen that it is kind of in the discussion. I'm surprised that it's sticking around, but Black Klansman, I, I was a big fan of it. I, I think that, you know, ultimately we're talking about like, maybe this is a little bit of like a career achievement award for Spike, considering that I don't think he's ever been nominated for Best Director or had a movie nominated for That's Best Director. That's a crock. Director. What a crock. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Uh, you know, this is certainly not one of my favorite Spike Lee movies, but I think it's a really vital one, maybe his most vital one in many years. Uh, so I would be very happy to see him collect some kind of reward or, or, or just some acknowledgement for his work in Black Klansman. I think the acting also in the movie, I thought John David Washington is one of my favorite lead performances that I've seen all year still. That's awesome. I still need to catch that one. Uh, yeah, that's that's crazy that he's never. You said he never got nominated. I think he's been nominated for documentary and for screenplay. Tripping. Director or what? Picture. Yeah. Really hard to believe. Have hard you guys not heard of this man? Have you not heard of this man? <laughs> Do you know who he is? Joints and joints uh, and joints and joints and joints. <laughs> Uh, are there any movies, you mentioned you haven't had a chance to see that one yet, but are there any other movies that maybe haven't come out yet that you're excited to see that would potentially change your opinion of the Oscar race? I know for me, uh, I'm a big fan of Adam McKay. I like the big short. That's what I was going to say. I'm with to. you. Yeah. Yeah. Vice. Yeah. Uh, Vice is on the horizon. Uh, we got that. We got Christian Bale beefing up to be uh, beefing up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you got uh, Sam Rockwell as George Bush, Amy Adams as uh, Laura Cheney? I forget her, forget his wife's name. But I think, you know, considering the way that the Big Short hit, I would not be surprised if, if Vice was a game changer whenever it comes out. Uh, Art, uh, I know you mentioned, I know you've seen Widows. Like, do you think that might Ooh. change the game a little bit once that comes out? Have you seen the projections? Uh, for what? For the Twitter Twitter weather map? <laughs> no. People have been saying there was because there's gonna be one thing that unites Twitter, widows. <laughs> that film Twitter will have one day of unification when 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 widows comes out. And I thought about that because the tweet was getting a little bit of traction. I said, "Huh." And I've yet to see anyone really complain about it. Yeah, I don't think I've seen a negative review of Widows. So I'm very curious to see when that comes out, if we can all finally love each other. Until someone says something about <laughs> The Last Jedi and then we go back into a frenzy. But I think that there's definitely uh, potential for it to get nominated but not win anything, I guess. Right. Maybe right. screenplay? Yeah, it could, it could be one of those movies that is like very solid and gets a few nominations but maybe isn't. Yeah. spectacular enough in any one category kind of yeah like i don't see viola davis outing any of the ones that we have mentioned but i could definitely yeah. definitely see her being the nomination and viola davis just shows up to be like all right cool i think it was american hustle a few years ago that got like 10 oh. nominations and ended up <laughs> not winning any of them yeah like i could totally it, 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 it see got that one. being with fate how can you forget three six mafia getting their award <laughs> well, three six mafia went up there and won it for hustle and flow how oh, dare you that sir is, that is one of my one of the most iconic award acceptance speeches ever american hustle oh you said american hustle my bad <laughs> I, saw, I don't know why i thought hustle and flow 
I said I, I don't remember that. I don't remember that. My bad. I say stop that. I don't know why I just started three six five. I, I was tweaking. I was like, you better put some respect on Juicy J's name right now. Oh, amazing! Uh, that was here for pimp. Any any other movies that you haven't seen yet that you're expecting to potentially change the Oscar race? Beale Street. Beale Street could talk. Oh, Beale Street should be a good one. Yeah, uh, Barry Jenkins coming off a win for Moonlight for mm-hmm. Best Picture. Uh, I guess we can't, we shouldn't really underestimate it. Uh, Art and I actually have both seen it, and we're both fans of it. Awesome. So, I don't know if I will, exp- I think it might be a too, too intimate of a movie to necessarily uh, be a front runner for Best Picture. That said, that's, Moonlight, that's Moonlight was, was totally intimate. <laughs> Weird. He just uh, I mean, I, 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 I think he'll get a Best Picture nomination. Yeah. But um, can I talk about the animation one real quick? Yeah, sure. Let's talk about animation. What's getting it? Um, I think they released their short list because Isle of Dogs is like the only one that's a front runner for me. If it, and we're talking early, early, early releases. Isle of Dogs. Yeah, Isle of Dogs. Uh, looks like from this list, Incredibles two. Stop. Doctor Seuss is the Grinch. Ralph breaks the internet. What? What? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, yeah, I wonder. I wonder what's coming out on top. No. Yeah, I mean the thing is, I feel like there's always Spider-Man? two, two or three like small indie or foreign animated features that sneak their way in there that I don't hear of personally until uh, mm-hmm. January at least. Like it's just all these like Incredibles two. I know we haven't seen the Wreck-It Ralph one. Uh, the, the, the Spider-Man one that's coming out, the animated one. But I feel like all of those, none of them speak like best picture. None of them's a right. Toy Story or a Coco or a, even whenever DreamWorks gets theirs. So. <laughs> right. Uh, Fantastic uh, Mr. Fox didn't win, right? Sorry? Fantastic Mr. Fox, that, did, did that win or no? No. Um, I remember being disappointed that. No, actually that was the <laughs> Toy Story 3 year, so that was kind of hard to. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's not a, yeah. Did it lose to like Surf's Up or something? Then I guess. Right. <laughs> what was Annihilation this year? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about it. I year. love about that it. movie, dude. All right, because I, I recently have been hearing some a lot of an Annihilation hate from some uh, fellow YouTubers. Really? Shout out to them if they're watching, but y'all wrong about that Annihilation hate. <laughs> <laughs> they were tweaking. They said the movie was boring and something else. I was like, no. boring. That's it. There's layers to it. You guys just don't get the message the director was going for. Strong. And that message he delivered well. I could totally see, um, like, I'd love to see it in production design. Like, that's the kind of movie that probably would never be considered for something like production design, but totally should. Yeah. The house. They they created the house. No spoilers on it. Or Tessa Thompson turning into flowers. Spoiler, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Uh, any other last thoughts on the Oscar season before we head into our new to see? Nope. Nope. Awesome. So, uh, I'm joking. You know, but yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So yeah, th- those are the front runners and underrated movies that we're thinking of that will be on people's tongues for Oscar season this year. Uh, 
make sure you tune into Intercut throughout the next couple months as we get closer and closer to the Oscars. We'll talk about them more and in more detail. Let us know your thoughts on the topic of the week and what movies you think should compete for Oscars in the comments down below. We are going to get to our last segment, the New to See, where we talk about what's new in theaters to streaming and on VOD, starting with... November 2nd in theaters, uh, The Nutcracker and The Four Realms. Mm. We talked about this a few months ago. This is the movie that mm. is like co-directed by Lasse Hallstrom and mm. Joe Johnston because Lasse didn't get to do the reshoots on it. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. I don't know. I'm uh, curious at least how that will end up. It's not the only movie coming out this week with two directors, though. Bohemian Rhapsody, the movie that Brian Singer got fired off of, <laughs> starring Rami Malek as Freddie Mercury, <laughs> uh, that one is out this weekend as well. And Nobody's Fool is the other movie out in wide release this weekend. Yes. Well, Suspiria, I believe, also goes wider. Which does? Suspiria. I have a show oh, yes, that it, it might does. get. It Maybe does. if it's limited or something, so... Yeah, I believe it was only New York and L.A. last weekend, so Suspiria should be wider this weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, other movies that are coming out in limited release are Boy Erased, A Private War, Bodied, Tiger, and hey, Searching Bodied. for Ingmar Bergman. You saw Bodied? No, but I've been excited for that one. It's supposed to be like a YouTube original movie, but they're playing it in theaters. Oh, is that the battle rap? Yeah. Uh, dude. Oh, yeah. I was supposed I, to I cover keep... that, but then I didn't know what it was about, and then afterwards I learned what it was about. I was like, uh -huh. damn it, I should have covered it. It seems yeah. interesting. Like I think, uh, I like think Eminem I keep produced getting emails it. that like it's executive produced by Eminem. Yeah, or that. Something. Yeah. Really? Seems like a fun movie. We'll see. I, I'm yeah, a, I'm a fan of like the battle rap, the underground stuff, all the stuff that they. Do. I love battle rap. Yeah, it's, I it's love not, battle, battle rap's rap. not underground anymore. No, like they went, they went like super premiere with it. Yeah. But yeah, I'm interested for that movie. I'm glad it's finally coming out. It premiered at Sundance for like one day. Hmm. And then I was just like, okay, I guess I'll just have this movie on my radar uh, <laughs> until the end of the year. Whenever. Cool. Yeah. It's finally here. New to streaming, coming to Netflix on November 1st, a whole bunch of new movies, including Cape Fear, Children of Men, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Cloverfield, English Patient, and Sixteen Candles. On November 2nd, the sixth and final season of House of Cards, the spacey-less season of House of Cards. It will be interesting to see how they handle that. And on November 4th, Patriot Act with Hassan Minaj drops a new episode. Mm. Uh, HBO Now on November 1st, a whole bunch of new movies, including Anchorman, Hard Candy, The Mask, and Without a Trace. On November 3rd, Fifty Shades Freed. And then on November 4th, they're premiering a new Axios documentary series. On Amazon, November 2nd, Homecoming, the first season is premiering. This is the Julia Roberts show based on the Gimlet podcast of the same name. Uh, it's a interesting podcast. I listened to the first two seasons of it. Had, the podcast had Catherine Keener, Oscar Isaac, uh, David Cross, Kish Gethard, Michael Sarah, a whole bunch of interesting names. I don't think any of them are in the show, but Julia Roberts is. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is, it's a show that's about a woman who was like, declassifying soldiers and she has regrets. Yeah. I don't know. Seems interesting. Check out the podcast, maybe. Hulu on November 1st, 28 days later, The Big Lebowski, The Birdcage, Hoosiers, Oceans 11, 12, 13, a whole bunch of James Bond movies and more. November 2nd, Wonder from 2017, last year. Uh, you guys caught Wonder, right? I missed it. 
This what, one what with, was uh, with with the, the Jacob Tremblay yeah. one. Missed that one. Oh, oh he's like everything. sick, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see it. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> was relying on you guys for it. And then November third, uh, Kick Ass is on Hulu. I've seen that one. I forgot about <laughs> Kick Ass, man. Yeah, that's great. a good movie. So that's one of my favorite. So did everyone else. Movies. They haven't continued it. Damn. Yeah, I think Mark. We talked about it a few weeks ago. Mark Millar is trying to make another one, but we'll see. Uh, new to VOD on November sixth: Papillon, Destination Wedding, Death House, The Incredibles Two, Christopher Robin, and Black Klansman. That is what's coming out this week. But for our picks of the week, let's start with art. What is your pick? So pretty much everything I have is for the most part at home, but I do have one now that it's getting a wider release, Fit 90s. We did our whole after credits and everything on it. Yeah. I completely, I love it. I think it's great. Um, go check it out, Mid 90s. I made a whole <laughs> video about it because uh, I've already seen some reactions to it. Letterbox hates it. Really? I, I thought I was going to be Twitter that hates it the most, but I guess Letterboxd is a bit more vocal since they're able to rate it. Yeah, everyone, everyone's like, there's, there's not everyone, but like, there's a big hate for it, I guess, because of the subject matter and the confusion of there's a character who you're not supposed to necessarily root for and say that they're doing well, and then people right. are just saying, no, Jonah Hill wants us to be misogynist, which... <laughs> That's what he wants us to be, but he made a really good... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I would recommend Mid-90s. I think the score is fantastic. The uh, the soundtrack's fantastic. The score is incredible. But if it's not playing near you and, or you just don't want to watch it, freak yourself out at home with uh, The Haunting of Hill House or even better, my topic of the week. Your boy Iku-Wai's got a new movie out on Netflix and this thing is freaking insane. Gareth uh, Evans? Or Edwards. I always yeah. mix them up. Evans. Whichever one did the raid. One of the Gareth right, boys. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, he made a movie called Apostle. Yeah. It was cool. It was all right. It was fine. I was rushing out to see it, and it's at home. But this one, I'd rush out to see it if I could pick it up. It, it's called The Night Comes For Us or Night Comes For Us. It's on Netflix. Equal Wise in it. Mad Dog is in it from the raid movies. They bring up like all the choreographers. Bro, this thing is insane. This is the first time I have been saying I will fully say it. This is finally the next. This is the Raid 3. Woo! This movie is crazy. I am not sugarcoating this in any way, shape, or form. Very cool. Very cool. Go watch it. It's on Netflix. Bernard, uh, what are your picks for the week? Man, Art got me hyped up with that. <laughs> raid 3's out. They dropped yeah. Raid 3. I'm down, dude. Um, yeah, no, so... Um, I wasn't really prepared for this when we started this podcast, so I'll just, I'll just uh, you know, shit out a couple things here. Uh, Joel Edgerton's got a new movie coming out, Boy Erased, the oh, second yeah, mention. Oh, I want to see that one. Um, which is, like, it's not a great movie, but it, it's really sincere. It's about, it's based on a true story of this Sorry. now journalist who um, kind of survived gay conversion camp. He grew up in a really kind of Christian home, and his parents, he, it was a really fraught relationship with his father and stuff. And the, the movie is... Uh, like I said, it's not terrific, but I think the sentiment is, it is genuine. It's sincere. I, and Joel Edgerton, I think, is proving to be a pretty adept, you know, filmmaker. He, you know, he's, he's I think he's improving kind of with his uh, technique uh, yeah. over the gift, which was, I think, was his last movie, or did he make one in between? I believe it was his last movie. Yeah. I could be wrong, though. Yeah, it's, he, he seems to be getting sharper as a filmmaker. Yeah. Um, he's, not, he's not razor sharp yet, but, but I, I like that movie. And then I will say to people who have not seen Suspiria, 
<laughs> like, like if, if you go into Suspiria, this is, I would say that this is a movie that's steeped in mood and atmosphere and feeling and it's really like you're going to miss stuff and stuff's not going to make any sense. And I don't know if it's supposed to or not, but I would say go into it like you go into like a David Lynch movie where it's it's all just about oh. kind of living in the moment and how the colors affect your emotions and shit like that. If you're into that art house bullshit. Um, but I, I'm totally into it, dude. Like uh, Suspiria made me it kind of, you know, made me feel things and feel emotions that I probably haven't felt in movie theater in, in years. That's fair, dude. That's dope. Awesome. Definitely awesome. Uh, let me ask, though, have you seen the Miseducation of Cameron Pest? Oh, no, no, no. Okay, no. He never said anything. Hey, uh, the movie Boy Erased, I- I've heard that movie's good. I liked it when it was called The Miseducation <laughs> of Cameron Post. <laughs> I was just wondering if the, you'd seen them, if there's a comparison to draw at all, because no. I, I enjoyed Miseducation, so. It just a coincidence that we're getting two gay conversion camp therapy movies this Yo, movie. Cameron, uh, this Post, year. Cameron Post is a great movie. I gotta yeah. see that. I'll, yeah, that, I think that's all my top ten. Bonus so, recommendation yeah. right there for me. Hey, oh, yeah, there what? you go. <laughs> <laughs> and the raid three, uh, bro. Yeah, for real. It, it, <laughs> I keep saying it comes at nights, but I think it's night comes for us. I don't know. I call it the raid three because it practically <laughs> yes. is that. Go yes. watch it. It is, bro. It is crazy. There's a fight in a meat locker. Dang. But, but there's, the meat is human, but oh my God, <laughs> you got to watch it. I'm awesome. actually awesome. excited. I know this is like you funny, but no I'm idea. actually excited for that. <laughs> You're going to love it. Uh, okay, my picks of the week. I'm going with Black Klansman now that it's out on VOD. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best movies I've seen this year. It's one of the best movies Spike Lee has made this century, I guess. It's fair to say. Uh, and he's, you know, an important filmmaker who tackles important subjects. I think it's a great movie for the moment. It's it's entertaining and it's dramatic. You know, it's not a movie that will feel like homework, even though maybe its subject matter sounds a little like homework. So it's very entertaining. I'd highly recommend Black Klansman or uh, Haunting on Hill House if you're looking for something, mm. you're not ready to let go of Halloween. It's, it's really ex- excellently made. You're not going to spoil anything, but... Episode six, man. Bro, it's Episode wild. six. It's crazy. Uh, and and then you know, I just gotta I gotta pour one out. Uh, Art, I know you're with me. Uh, one last hearty recommendation for American Vandal as it potentially exits our lives. Uh, Netflix canceled the show. There's some rumors that it might find life on another streaming platform. But uh, man, those those were two beautiful years. You've heard about it, right? American Vandal season three, how it got canceled. That's what the that's what the case is. That's the, that's that's the, the case. It's finding another <laughs> network to do it. It's gonna live on. I I feel like there's y'all gonna be worried somebody about filmstruck. Y'all take the Criterion Collection. Just uh, someone, yeah, just a bad but a bad week to someone be Someone bring me back content. the Turd Burglar and the Hairballs. Filmstruck, y'all cool. That's great, but yeah, it's, it has been kind of crazy. <laughs> A bunch of cancellations. Yeah. Uh, on that depressing, depressing note, that's <laughs> uh, <laughs> about all we've got on this week's show. Uh, Bernard, where can people find more from you? Oh uh, yeah, man. Uh, PopMatters.com. I do. Uh, that's where I like most of my film stuff is, and then uh, I cover a lot of video games too. That's over at DenOfGeek.com. 
Good site. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, you can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, at ZShevich, or on Instagram, also, at ZShevich. Letterbox too. Why not? I'll throw that out there. And check out my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash multiplexshow. Art, where can people find you more You can find from me you? at the A to Z show on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, let me explain also on YouTube as well. You can check out my stuff there. Um, that's that's it. That's, that's the same thing every single week. I don't do anything different. I'm a robot. I just watch a movie and I make a video on it. With, that's it. That's all I do. And you can also find me here every Thursdays, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can listen to the Intercut Podcast on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on your favorite podcatcher. I like Overcast. And then make sure you're subscribed, not just to the audio podcast, but to the video feed as well on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash intercutpod. Uh, you'll find new episodes with our bright, smiling faces dropping every Thursday on the channel. So please leave us a comment, like the video, uh, consider heading over to iTunes and leaving us a five-star review like Cadman Fair did. And, you know, it, a, it helps people find the show. It one. helps us or feel a, good about ourselves. Just, just watch us, please. <laughs> yeah, that, that works too. Watch, share, do your thing. Uh, you can like our Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter pages. All of them are at IntercutPod. That's the handle. You can get updates throughout the week from me, from Art, from all of our guests, from Bernard, if he's gonna start tweeting some thoughts, I, I don't know. You don't, I don't see you too much on Twitter. I'm the worst. I'm the worst, dude. That's why I didn't say <laughs> it, man. You gonna find? I suck in social media. That's why I didn't say it. Don't at me, man. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, make sure you're tuned into Intercut Pod to hear from all of us. Thanks again for tuning in, and until next time, shout out Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Hey, General Mills. <laughs>